Let's go to John 15 and 2 Peter chapter 1, two openings this morning. And uh, Father, we just thank you for your, pre- your presence in our midst here now. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, who is our guide. Lord, we thank you that you lead us into all the truth. We walk in greater understanding and knowledge and victory than we ever have before as we receive the revelation of who you are and what you've planned for our lives. Direct our steps today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. We started a series a few weeks ago. Anybody remember that? Anybody? <laughs> Picked to produce. We're talking about becoming fruitful for God. And uh, it's essential now, necessary, that we be fruit bearers, lest we waste our lives away. John 15, 16, Jesus said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And so we can see that we've been appointed to bear fruit. And part of that fruit is just simply we ask God to do things and he does it. That's the fruit of prayer. Amen. We're supposed to have results to everything we do. Now, now, Second Peter chapter 1. Let's read together. Let's look together anyway. Verse 5. I'll do the reading. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Praise God. And so these are some tremendous promises we have from the Lord here. Number one, that if we will implement these principles and characteristics in our lives, then we will be fruitful. You are guaranteed not to waste your life if these, if these uh, principles are in play. You will not waste your life away. You will not get to the end full of regret. You know, wasted opportunities bring regret. And we have a short time uh, here on the earth when we can do something of tremendous value, of eternal value. And these are the keys to make sure that we end up in the right place. Again, looking back, just saying, thank God for what he has done in me. Or we can get to the end or we can get, you can even get to heaven and show up at the pearly gates. But looking back, think, man, I sure wasted the time I had on the earth. Because I didn't do anything that mattered forever. And, uh, and many people have. You don't see, we don't have to go in and out and up and down, you know, be strong for a while and then back off for a while. We can continue. You can, uh, you can be fruitful all your days. And if you've had times in the past when you've gone backwards or you've gone down or stayed, you know, just kind of the same. Year after year after year, he never really grew in your knowledge of God and your spiritual life never progressed. Uh, it doesn't have to continue that way. That's the good thing about God. He's merciful, he's kind and faithful, and no matter what I've done in the past, he can, he can 
carry me on and, and, and take me to a new place. I don't have to repeat the things that I've always done wrong. Isn't that good news? What, what, what do they say? Insanity is doing the wrong. You're doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Well, I think as we look through some of these principles, we identify individually areas that we need to just step up our game. And we need to stir up and keep these things built up. For then, I mean, God's promises here. We're guaranteed a fruitful life. And, and I like this other part again. I get happy saying it every week. We'll never stumble. Amen. We will not fall. We will not trip up. There's literally a way where we can live that way. Okay, and uh, praise God. So today, uh, some of you probably way ahead of me now and uh, know where we're going. We want to talk a little bit about perseverance. Okay, the Bible says that if we will add perseverance, then that is a key component in us being fruitful and remaining in a standing position. Now, perseverance, um, this word is translated from a Greek word. Anybody want to learn some Greek here today? Uh, all right, I'll do my best. Huponome. 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 Say that real fast and you'll be filled with the Spirit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Huponome. All right, all right. Here's what's important, though. You don't have to remember that, except for the test. Uh, that word means cheerful or hopeful endurance. Cheerful or hopeful endurance. It means constancy. All right, let's get a picture of what it means to be uh, persevering, persevering, or have perseverance. Uh, it is translated enduring, patience, and patient continuance. All right. So when you word, see some of these words in the Bible in the English language, many times it comes right from this word when you see patience, perseverance, uh, even this phrase, patient continuance. I think that's a helpful description to me. It even uses strong, concordance uses the word waiting. But uh, I, I think we should have a proper understanding of what it means to be patient or perseverant in, in our lives. It's not just like I'm sitting back and waiting for something to happen. What are you doing? I'm being patient. Well, that's not really an accurate picture of patience where we sit back kind of in a passive mode waiting for something to happen. But it is more, like we read here in the definition, it is a continuance. That means I'm not stopping and now doing nothing, but I am continuing with what I am doing for the Lord and in my spiritual life, in my faith. It is, not, it is not me backing off, but I continue to stand, to fight the good fight of faith. I continue to believe. I continue to act, to obey, to do the things that I'm doing. And that's what's key. It is that I keep going. It is that I continue doing what I'm supposed to do as opposed to what some think of as patience or perseverance is I'm going to sit back now and just kind of wait because patience means waiting, not waiting like that though, okay? It is, there, there's something 
um, about waiting. It's not sitting around doing nothing, but it is a continuing. Now, how many understand that fruit bearing, what we're looking at here, is a process? Bearing fruit takes time. If I am not willing to put time into my endeavors, I wonder what they're really worth. But many people in their lives, uh, they plant the tree and go out the next day, and if there's no fruit, they chop it down. Say, what's wrong with this stupid tree? Man, something's not working here. Something is not. It takes time to produce fruit. There are seasons of harvest. And we should recognize that about our own lives and not get to be too quick to just throw in the towel or change and do something else. It's going to take time for what our faithful endeavors, um, for them to produce something that we can see outwardly. And if I am just so quick to think, man, bless God, if I don't see apples by tomorrow or by next week at the latest... I'm totally going somewhere else. I'm doing something different with my life. That's a, that's a wrong approach. Everybody say time. time. Do we know that God's time frame is sometimes different than ours? Can you say the Lord's coming back soon? <laughs> and uh, when that was said like a while ago, now it's still true, but how many know soon kind of relative? been a while <laughs> he's still coming back soon <laughs> amen now you can go to the other extreme with some of this there are people that have been doing the same thing for 20 years still not working <laughs> banging their head up against the wall and they think well i'm just going to keep going no i think you should uh, you know check this thing and say something's not working here something's not right i need to adjust my methods, I need to find out what I'm supposed to do different. I'm not advocating that we just bang our heads against the wall and perpetually and continually do things that don't work. But I am saying there's got to be a happy balance in here because not everything I do in my obedience to God produces an instantaneous result. If that were the case, perseverance would not be necessary. And really, uh, anytime there's a delay between what we say, what we pray, what the Lord has promised, and I see it, and I feel it, and I experience it, that's where perseverance must fill the gap. And if someone does not have it, they'll never make it. And the only way that could really be true is if when you and I got saved, we made Jesus the Lord of our lives, instantly we went to heaven. We got saved, and here I am. Then I guess I wouldn't need this. But since that's not the way it works, since that's not the way it's going to happen, we need some perseverance. Amen. And it's an essential component, as we see from the Scripture, and we can see just by practicality that it's an essential component in bearing fruit. I, you, we will not bear fruit unless we stay in the game, unless we press on, unless we continue when there's opportunity to throw in the towel uh, and, 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 to, and to back off and quit. Okay? Let's look at Romans chapter 5 today. Romans 5 is what you seek worthy of time. Or are we going to have an attitude where, man, it's now or never. It's everything or nothing right here and right now. 
again, that, doesn't, that principle doesn't work with many things in life that God wants to work in us. They do take time. In Romans 5 and verse 1, Paul writing here says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, now look what he's talking about here. Of course, he's talking about being justified by faith, having peace with God, entering into the grace of God that causes us to stand. Now, how many know when, you, when you're penning something, it's hard to put much enthusiasm or excitement in that? I mean, you can use adjectives, and he does. But sometimes we, we might read this and look, look at this and think uh, that Paul was uh, rejoicing. I rejoice. In, <laughs> how many know you can't really say it like that and get the full impact of what he's experiencing? When he says, I rejoice, that's a word that's like, wow. I mean, something is stirred up in him. I am a happy camper. He is excited. I think if, he were, if we had the CD, you know, Paul reading his own writings maybe, I think it would come out a little different. He is rejoicing. That's joicing again, right? And, and, and he is excited about what? About being saved, about being justified by faith, having peace with God. He is excited to the degree that this bleeds over into other elements of life that aren't so pleasant. Hmm. You can be so excited and so stirred up about your walk in relationship with God and what He has provided that when the junk comes, it's not the same. Because I'm still so happy that I'm saved, that I have peace with God. His grace is on me. That's why I had to stop there before we went to verse next. Verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Well, that's dumb. I mean, that doesn't make a whole... <laughs> I don't know about you, but if someone were to come to me and just tell me that, I, I really, I rejoice, woohoo, in tribulations. I think, you're stupid. <laughs> Why would you do that? You should too. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't like tribulations. I don't want anything to do with them. I want to go away from them. But yet he said this, and this is Paul. I mean, we've got to listen. He's speaking by the Spirit, speaking by revelation. I glory in tribulations. Well, again, I think some of that is the bleed over. Hmm? I mean, he's so thrilled about what he has in Christ and what he what God has made him to be by faith that even when he's got to deal with the junk and bunk of this world it's like ah <laughs> we got this a glory in all this but he went on to say now uh, in the rest of this he said knowing that tribulation produces perseverance now that that piques my attention because i think what in the world is there about perseverance that is of such, such great value that you would glory in a tribulation to get it. I mean, I'd have to be pretty convinced that perseverance is a major deal and a big time additive to my life 
to the fact to, to where I could get to the place where I'm gonna because I get it, I'm going to glory in a tribulation. Because naturally speaking, I'm not doing any glorying in any tribulation. I glory when everything's good. Come on now, aren't you the same way? We're not naturally going to glory in a tribulation. But he said, if I get this out of it, (laughs) it's worth it. If I come away with this, here I go. I'm shouting to victory. Now, if you read through Scripture... Of course, there's many, many, many verses that we're not going to cover today because it would be a, have to be a series instead of a part of a series. There are many verses in the New Testament that talk about perseverance, that talk about patience, and it's 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 such a it's really a big thing uh, to the point that we're told that we should follow after. We're given instructions when Paul wrote to others. He said, "Follow after me in these areas," and one of those is his perseverance. He just kept keeping on. He was constant. He, was, he would continue. He wouldn't, wouldn't be moved. He said, follow me in this. When he gave instructions as to leaders in the church, those who would occupy leadership positions, you know, it was a requirement. He said, don't you put anyone in a position? Don't you give them a position and a title and a, a place of authority unless they have perseverance in their life? Why is that? I'll tell you what, it's because if we don't have that, we are not going to be very usable by God. Because there will absolutely be hiccups, speed bumps, opposition, and opportunity for us to get out of the game, for us to leave. And if we don't have perseverance, we're all going to be short-term, flash in the pan, not much uh, to, to, uh, to show for it years down the road. God needs people with perseverance. We've got to have something that keeps us there, that makes us constant no matter what happens in life. Again, if that's what is, um, if someone is going to be used very much of God, this is an essential component. Now, maybe, again, like I said earlier, maybe you have a past where you've been in the game and then you went out and you pulled back. doesn't have to continue that way, though. It really doesn't. You can, those can be days gone by forgiven, forgotten, and move forward with something that will keep you there year after year after year after year. We never have to go that route. But I'm thinking even, you know, the Apostle Paul had a situation one time you can read about in the book of Acts. He got in kind of, kind of a little heated argument with one of his traveling buddies, you know. Ever seen ministers fight? <laughs> Ever seen preachers fight? <laughs> and uh, but it was about one of their one of their companions named Mark. Is, can't believe that, but <laughs> but basically Mark wouldn't 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 sticking with him. wasn't going to go on the next trip and and uh, and because he he left him at one point, and it seems that he lacked something that's called perseverance. Paul was really ticked off about it. He was, and he ended up splitting with uh, Barnabas as, as a result of that, and them going different ways in their ministry because, well, Mark didn't have the perseverance that he needed that was necessary to work for God, okay? And so, again, these things are, are, are a pretty big deal. This word here now, that's tr- I'm reading the New King James, and it uses this word um, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Uh that's not my favorite translation of that word right there. And it's because it almost leaves the impression that if you have a tribulation, you will 
get something that you don't have. You didn't have perseverance, but now this produced perseverance in you. And that's not completely accurate, all right? First of all, understand this, and I'll explain the word, but perseverance is something we get when we're born again. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. The moment you accept Jesus, you've got that as a part of your recreated spirit. Now, what it needs to do is be worked out. What, it can, be done, what can be done with it is it can be developed in your life, but it's not to the extent where I don't have it, I don't have any patience, but if I get knocked upside the head a couple times, then I'll have it. No. <laughs> no. And, and, and that word that's translated there, uh, it, it, it means uh, to work fully. The word translated produces. Some of your translations will bear this out. To work fully, to accomplish, to finish. Okay? Uh, again, translated to work. Um, and so what we're doing, when we go through... And deal with a tribulation, it is working out patience or perseverance in our lives. You ever needed a good workout? Well, this is how we can view some of the difficulties that we face. This is now an opportunity for me to work out. Thank you. Free gym membership. Compliments of the devil. I mean, we can let it rule us and overrun us, or we can take it in a proper way. You know, if some have taken scriptures like these to kind of imply that uh, tribulations and things that we deal with are, one, they say they're, they're beneficial for us, and two, they'll even go to the extent that say that God brings them in our lives to develop uh, or to produce uh, patience and perseverance in us. And, uh, and that's not an accurate description of how these things work, okay? First of all, th- they're not coming from God. That, that, that's not an accurate. We'll show you that here more in a minute. But they're not coming from God. And also, it's not that they are going to, a tribulation is going to automatically produce something good in our lives. I know many times people have uh, experienced junk and it didn't help them, it hurt them. They came out worse on the other end as opposed to better. Many times people are losing battles. We don't have to, but just the fact that something came against us is not automatically going to increase something good in us. It is about our response to it. If I go to battle or if someone comes, you know, think of a natural war. If, a, if someone comes to battle against me, well... That's not automatically going to turn out well. <laughs> I don't automatically benefit from being in that. Because what if I lose? <laughs> what if I cave? What if I give in? But if I win, if I overcome, then I get the spoils of that battle. I get the victory and then I benefit from it. If when we go are faced with challenges and tribulations, if we deal properly with it, come on now, we rejoice in it we let these things cause us to overcome, then we come out stronger. Then we come out with a good workout. We come out uh, with something that we didn't have or at least didn't have to that level when we went in. In that, we can be happy. And we must. If I'm ever going to rejoice in this, I must see that component. If I don't see that component, component, 
no rejoicing is going to happen by me. <laughs> it's like, get me out of here. Hmm. All right, let's go to James chapter 1. Let me show you this over here as well. How many think gravity is a, is a benefit? Well, yeah, but sometimes it's a hindrance too. I mean, like when you need to move stuff that's heavy. Yeah? You got to move the refrigerator. You know, or maybe you move, move, you move from one house to another house. Gravity is not helpful at that point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It makes everything very difficult. But at the same time, see, gravity can be hard. But if I want to develop my physical body, I need some gravity. I need something to make the curl bar heavy. Because if it's not heavy, I don't get a workout. Therefore, my body does not get stronger than it was before. All right. So again, some things can be negatives. Or if we'll deal with them rightly, we can treat them as a positive, even though inherently they're not. Now, James 1, verse 2, my brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, that language there, count it all joy, is there for a reason. Why is it? it well, it's because various trials are not joy. They are inherently not fun, not joyful. Therefore, we, we are told how to respond to them, this will give us victory over them. Okay? How do I respond to a trial that comes to me? I count it joy. I take an attitude and a position toward that trial that I am going to win, I'm going to overcome, and I'm going to come out better than I went in. If we don't count it joy, it will very likely overcome us. It will likely triumph over, over us. But the Lord is always setting us up to win. Every time he wants us to have, have victory in these situations. And so we're, he said, count it all joy. Verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. How, why would I count it joy? I get something out of this. I'm seeing it as an opportunity to come out with this patience, with endurance. If I get that, man, nothing can stop me. If I get that, no demon in hell can kick me out, can knock me out of the game. No pressure from any person is going to, is going to hinder me. If I have perseverance, man, I am anchored in. I am locked in. And I am going to produce some serious fruit. That's why I say, bring it. I'm laughing at you, devil. I'm laughing at this trial. I'm laughing at this, this opposition to my life. I am going over and I'm coming out shinier and brighter than I went in. That's, listen, that's the only way we can deal with this, these kind of things rightly. Okay? Say, but I'm a faith person. I don't believe in that stuff. I'm a faith person. But, you know, we weren't promised that we'd never have to deal with stuff. Quite the contrary. The faith life is dealing with things that come against us. It is learning how to resist the devil. It is le- learning how to overcome temptation. It is learning how to get victory over the attacks against us mentally, physically, uh, relationally, and every other way. We are to overcome. This is how we do it. He said, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, now, now look, look again. Verse 3, 
it uses that same word, produces patience. That's the same word, same Greek word that was in over there in Romans 5. That means it's working patience. It's working it out in us. This is an opportunity for that patience and that endurance to shine, to be polished, to be toughened up, and to come out strong. Amplified Bible says here about verse 3, be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your, of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. It's bringing out something that's already resident within us. This is a necessary thing. Amen. And so, again, the reason we count it joy is because of the patience that it works. Now, if you read this whole context, the whole chapter, you go down to verse 13, you'll find out these trials never come from God. You'll see the same Greek words that are used there, trials and temptations, that they're not coming from God. He said, don't you say that it is coming from God. All right? This is not the way God works in your life. Oh, God's just doing something to me. That's not God. Okay? That's called the devil. It's called a sin-filled world. It's opposition in life. But whatever it is, we have the proper, approach, the proper response to it to give us victory and to come out better than we were, better than we were before it came. Okay, Um, again, it's our response to the trial, just like Paul said, I rejoice, in this case, count it joy, that gives an opportunity for faith to be produced, amen. And so, some would say, well, you know, problems, uh, problems come just to perfect the Christian. Well, that kind of stuff has to be qualified, because if trials and tests were the thing that would automatically make Christians perfect, mature, developed, then why aren't more Christians further down the road? Because listen, I know people have lived in trial after trial after trial, and seriously, they're not real impressive. I mean, they don't look like they're very, very developed. They're not perfected at all. But some have taken a theological stance that, oh yeah, trials perfect us. No, they don't. They try to kick your rear end. They try to knock you out. They try to get you out of church and out of your relationships and out of serving God. They try to give you so much trouble that you don't have time to do anything good with your life. You're too busy fixing the trouble. Amen. And so, uh, it's about our response to them that makes a difference. If I deal rightly with them, uh, then it'll work something valuable in me. But not automatically. Well, I'm going through a trial, so God's doing this. No, God's not doing it. And it's not automatically going to help you. It could wreck your life. Unless we know how to deal with it. And I'm so glad these things are not a secret. So now this is easier to talk about, by the way, than it is to live. It's much easier to preach. Oh, the anointing comes. woo I could preach about it. Yeah. But literally, rubber meets the road. When we're dealing with something that comes against us, and we do exactly what the Bible says, doers of the word, we count it joy. We what? We rejoice in a tribulation. <laughs> that doesn't sound, sound fun. But that's the way that we overcome. Just want to make sure everyone gets that. Did you all write that down? Got <laughs> you got that? Because trouble's coming. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Be of what? Oh, there we go again. 
it's our attitude in the midst of it that enables us to be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And we know he overcame on our behalf. But it is about our attitude that we have in the midst of it that's going to determine where we go, down or up. Amen. So it's fun to preach, but... Uh, perseverance is the thing that is necessary to keep us in faith. Our faith will only last as long as our patience. So I said, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm a faith person. I stand in faith only as long as your perseverance keeps you there. The moment your patience runs out, your faith is gone. Everybody with me here? Whether we're talking about believing God, praying a prayer of faith, and trusting God to answer and give us what we've asked of Him, well, unless you see it instantly, bam! Unless you see what you've asked for instantly, you're going to need something to keep you there. Otherwise, you'll be like many who are without patience and perseverance, and they pray, and I don't see anything happening, guess it didn't work. Zero perseverance. Now, understand this, that many times people, they speak of this subject of patience, perseverance, as if it's kind of not very important. They'll say, well, you know, I'm not a very patient person. And it's almost like, not that they're really wanting to change or committed to develop in that area of their life, but kind of more like, well, you know, most people are that way. I mean, to... They just got to understand that I'm just not a very patient person. So in other words, hurry up when you're dealing with me. (laughs) What that person is saying is I'm very inconsistent. I'm unreliable. I'm very immature. (laughs) In other words, I I don't have very much patience. Just pray for me that the Lord would give me patience. (laughs) No, it doesn't come that way. (laughs) You've already got it as a child of God. Start acknowledging it, and then when you have opportunity, exercise it. Give it a workout. But people, well, I think we don't view it as something that's really kind of a big-time negative if we don't have it implemented in our lives. I'm just not very patient. We need to giddy up. We need to get this thing in in, in place, or it's really going to hurt us. Um, Praise God. And so when a person is committed to standing forever, remaining the same, it doesn't take long. Things start happening quicker. Happening quicker, in the in the word. Let me give you a couple examples. You don't need to turn to these. Hebrews eleven twenty seven, speaking about Moses, says, "By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." Moses did what? Endured as seeing him who is invisible. He kept his eyes on what he couldn't see. He kept his focus on the Lord, and that caused him to stay. To remain, to be constant, to endure. In Hebrews 6.15, speaking about Abraham, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he did what? He patiently endured. What, 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 what are we talking about here? If he hadn't patiently endured, he would not have received the promise. So I'm just not a very patient person. All right, do without the promises of God. Or get that stuff worked out in your life. 
get that patience developed, get that endurance developed so that nothing and no one and no circumstance can knock you out of where you're supposed to be. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep standing. I'm going to continue and endure through whatever is in front of me because the promise of God is right on the other side of it. God's promises are meant to be seen, experienced, felt, possessed. That's the end result of all that God has promised. But how do I get from where I am to where those things are a reality, a physical reality in my life? Only by enduring. Only by staying the same. Uh, you remember, uh, there's a guy in the Old Testament, that he's pretty popular, more popular than Jesus in some circles. His name was Job. Anybody? You know the old question, what about Job? <laughs> Whenever you're talking about God taking care of you, or healing you, or financing you, or something, what about Job? <laughs> and and without going to that series, you know that subject. I have a teaching on that. It's like five parts. If you want detailed information, but many people have confused that issue of Job. And what they know about Job is boils. <laughs> I mean, that's what they remember: suffering. Job is about suffering. No, it's not. That's not the theme of that. I said, well, how do you know? Why would you say that? One big reason is because of the very little but specific commentary I have in the New Testament about the Old Testament book. If ever you can find a story in the Old Testament commented on by New Testament writers, because it's from a position of different light. It's from a position of greater revelation. And they are speaking by the Spirit about something in the Old Testament which was shadowed, which was concealed, then it gives great enlightenment, enlightening understanding. And this one verse is Hebrews, or not Hebrews, but James 5, verse 11. It says, indeed, we count them blessed who endure. Who what? Endure. That's a good reason right there. Blessing. He said, you have heard of the suffering of Job. Right? Why is it that people are only talking about the suffering of Job? He said, you have heard about the perseverance of Job the what perseverance what's Job to be known for perseverance patience continuance he said and and seeing that the uh, that the end intended by the Lord that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful and that throws out all the other doctrine there about Job that God kicked his butt and gave him all kinds of trouble and uh uh, you know, gave him all this sickness and took all of his stuff and destroyed everything to, to test him or to, to show the devil, you know, they, they misunderstand what's written there. This is, what, this is what's going on here. It shows God is merciful and compassionate. It shows that the end of the Lord, this is, this is the way things are. I, I, I could say a lot about that, but um, for now, let's stay on our focus. Job was known for his perseverance. Remember, his wife said, curse God and die. People tried to get him to give up on God in the midst of his trial because he didn't know why in the world things were happening and what was, what was going on there. Just curse God. What did he do? No. No. He stuck in there. He had three supposed friends that were, you know, condemning him and doing all kinds of stuff. But one thing he had in the midst of whatever he didn't know and didn't have, he had something that is highly valued by God to where it got New Testament recognition is he had perseverance. He kept in the game. He stayed faithful to God. Even though he was wrong, he had to repent about some of the things he said. He stayed there and would not quit on the Lord. 
this is of great value. If a book were to be written about your life many years from now, if, if, uh, if in heaven we're, we're reading books about the New Testament church age, you know, historical books that'll be accurate and your name pops up in there, what would be said? Remember Bob Buto for what would it be? I think this would be a nice commentary. I, I think I, I would feel pretty good. If, if, if there were commentary about me, remember his perseverance. He wouldn't give up. He wouldn't quit. There was opposition. There was challenge. There was, there was these things flying in his face coming against him. But he never would give up. Could that be said about you? And I tell you, it's worthy of a, a verse in the Bible if it is. If that can be said about you. What, what, what does this mean? I think a person like this stands out. Because there is a whole lot of give up in, in our world. There's a whole lot of throw in the towel. There's a whole lot of I'm believing one minute, but next minute I don't really know. And those, ri- those who rise above who say, I'm going to stand on God's word. I'm going to continue doing what I know to do, what he's told me to do. I'm going to be faithful to him all of my days. That's recognized by God. And I know this for certain. The time element now comes into play where you and I have given enough place for glorious, eternal fruit to result from our lives. That is always worth it. We'll come out on the other side saying, ah, these light afflictions are, were but for a moment. But look at what, look at what it's produced. Oh, I'm glad I didn't give in. I'm glad I didn't give up. I'm glad I didn't back down when it got hard, when I was tempted. When it was uncomfortable, when it was difficult. I'm so glad I stuck in there. Because now look, fruit for the glory of God forever. It's what God wants to do in us. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you today. We're so appreciative of your spirit working in us helping us to rise up and to overcome, to be victorious in every situation. Lord, we, we know that difficult things, these tribulations, they're not of you. But I thank you. You show us how we can make it through. Lord, you show us about joy, rejoicing, putting a smile on our face so that we can overcome and get a, get a workout in the middle of it. Lord, we honor you. We bless you today. You empower us. You enable us to stand. To stand and to stay in this game for all of our days. Lord, we thank you for working in us today. Oh, we give you glory. We give you praise. You are working in us and working it out today. Thank you, Lord, for working in us now. In Jesus' name. I pray for those who've come to church.